Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, I'm Promise, and you're listening to Dare Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into word, let's pray. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for coming into our midst and just giving us partners and just giving us your word and making words unlimited. There's no limits to it. Lord, I also just thank you for just making what every every day's great. And that there's no such thing as a bad day. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. We are excited to get back into the Word with you today. We're continuing our study in Romans chapter 11. And this morning we're going to reread, excuse me, we're going to reread verses 7 through 16. So could I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please. Sure, I'll read it. What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have attained it, and the rest were blinded. Just as as it is written, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear, to this very day. And David says, let their table become a snare, and a trap, a stumbling block, and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see and bow down their back always. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. But through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them. For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches." Amen. 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 So, as is our custom, I want to open the floor up to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you. And of course, if you have any questions, please ask. All right? So, who'd like to begin? Where did you want to go? You can go. Okay, first the Lord was talking to me about verse 11. Okay. Where it said, the first half, where it says, If I say then, have they, wait, sorry. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not, but through their fault to be welcome to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Okay. So the Lord wanted me to talk about how the Lord... The Lord's not going, he's not doing it on purpose and saying, wait, let me back up. Okay. 
So first, Lord, when we talk about how nothing happens without a reason. Okay. And how whether it's a blessing or discipline. And look at an example. Mommy and Dad doesn't say on Tuesday, Oh, look, it's Tuesday. Promise you get some ice cream. <laughs> but Bobby Mary should not. And how is the same with the Lord? Wait, sorry. How the Lord goes, No, since it's Tuesday, we're going to look at how you act. And go, okay, you're being good, so you can get a reward. But whereas if you're being, if you're not, if you're in need of some discipline, disciplinary action, the Lord gives it to you. It doesn't go, well, it's Tuesday, so I'll, I'll discipline you Wednesday and you can have your ice cream right now. And. It's okay, go ahead, sweetheart, I'm listening. And how, even though some humans may do that, the Lord's not like that. He's just. The Lord is just. So are you saying he gives us what we need when we need it versus ignoring things that we need to work on? And And the third thing, which is he's not rewards-based. You did this, so now I'll do this. Right? Sometimes there are conditions in order to be ready, right? But it's not, well, you sacrificed the fatty calf, so now I'm going to do, I'm going to bless you in this way, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's three aspects there that we should consider, and neither of those are the way the Lord works. He's just. If... There's something going, whether it's right or not going well, we should first do what? Repent. Well, examine ourselves, right? What was my role or what were my actions that led to these consequences, whether they're good consequences or negative, right? Yes. Hmm. We have a saying in our house, everybody gets the same amount of love. But how you experience that depends entirely on you, right? Yes. Yes. There is a standard for the house. And either you're at or above the standard or not. And if you're not, then we help you to sort out things in your life, Mm -hmm. right? To address them. I can't address them for you. I can help you address them, right? And deal with them and uproot things that don't reflect Christ's nature, character, and attributes in your life so that you can align yourself more fully with him and come up to the standard, right? Yes. Okay. That's the Lord's standard for everyone and everything. That's just mm-hmm. something that we apply to our house. And discipline, what does the Lord say about withholding discipline? Well, that does it hates his child. Okay. The man who withholds a rod hates his child. He hates them. So... Looking at discipline is not a bad thing. So, yes, it is preferable that we don't need discipline. Right? However, when the Lord chastens us, he's not punishing us. He is helping us correct so we don't miss the bigger goal, which is our relationship with him. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, just... 
make sure when you look at the things of God that you view him in the right perspective, in the right light. God is not punishing us. He loves us. He gave his only begotten son that we could have a relationship with him, that none would perish, right? But that we could have everlasting life. So that's his perspective. And if he prompts us to come into alignment with him, that is out of love. And what does the word also say about discipline? If you are not subject to the discipline of God, what are you? You're illegitimate children and not sons. That's right. You don't belong to him. Okay? So just make sure you keep that right in your mind. No discipline seems enjoyable for the moment. Isn't that what the word says? But afterwards... When we yield to our discipline, when we accept it with truth, right, in the light and the spirit of what God means and intends, it does what? It produces peace and righteousness. It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. That's what it's for, to correct us so we come into righteousness and right standing with him. So that is important to our heavenly father that we, we call him good and we declare his righteousness and we hold it as valuable, truth, good in our, in our side and how we recite that to others. God takes that to heart. It matters to him. So as you're, you're listening to him and he's teaching you, remember that it's coming from his love. And remember that he's a good God, not a wicked anything, but he's only good. And everything that he does is good and good for us. Because remember, he doesn't need us to be who he is, but we need him to be who we are. We need him. We need his spirit so that we could breathe. We need his ingenuity and his creativity so that our bodies function. We need the life of God. Okay? And who knows what better purpose that his creation serves than he? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So when we think about, when we declare the works of the Lord, we call him good and we perceive it and hold it in our mind's eye as good. Now, I'm not upset with you. I'm not chastising you. I'm just saying, let's make sure that we do that because it matters to our God. Uh-huh. Was, was that what you were trying to say? It sounded to me like you were trying to say something different. Did we understand you right, Promise? Part of it, not clearly. Can you explain further? Uh, well, I was saying, I'm, I was saying that the Lord doesn't postpone something that's going to happen. Say, all right, since, like inside of our house, if you know you've done something good, mom and dad don't say, well. I always say you can have ice cream. It's usually, let's sort this out first, and then we can talk about that later. Okay. Mm. So, I, if I could summarize for you, maybe that'll help. So, it's not, um, I don't expect to get rewarded regardless one way or the other. My behavior is what my behavior is supposed to be out of obedience, not out of desire for reward or fear of punishment. Um, you can go. No, the question is to you, sir. I wanted to hear what you had to say, Promise. 
is it's not just for reward or desire sorry it's not just for a desire for reward or trying to avoid discipline so god does what's right and required in the moment yes okay good he's a good god mm-hmm. you gonna say something but charles thank you dean mm-hmm. what are you gonna say no, on this one Pause, are you done? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I found verse 12 interesting where it says, Now if their fall is riches for the world, and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? So I think Paul is getting at here is that saying that while the children of Israel are stumbling and we see the benefits, there's more benefit of us all coming into it together. He, so he's basically going against the concept of sabotage others to push yourself ahead. And he's saying that when we have everybody all going together and all going to the same place and working together in perfect harmony and everyone's blessed, it's better. It's like, if I can do something and my siblings can't, it takes part of the joy out of it. Because I see their tortured faces... They're sad. I just use tortured. Okay, okay. I just see their sad faces while I'm doing it. It robs me of joy, whereas when we're all doing it, I'm happy because we're all happy when we're all playing together or something. Mm. So Paul is saying that, saying the same thing here is that while the children of Israel originally did not enter into salvation, and through that the Gentiles received the, world, the word, and salvation, but they're going to eventually come into it, and everyone's going to be happy. It's going to be more joyous than just having one person sing in a corner while everybody else is playing. Amen. The Lord is coming for his whole community. He wants mm-hmm. all, all that belong to him. Um, thank you, Charles. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. There is a, an element that you know, we've talked about before that the enemy does not take a day off on a technicality. And there are, you know, it would be natural to look at this and go, ha, oh, well, they missed it. So, well, good. You know, I'm better than you. I get to come in. But the, the Apostle Paul here is he's lining out like this is a part of the plan to restore the heavenly community. This is mm-hmm. a part of that. So if you're being blessed at this moment, there has to be a reason to it, not just... um because they missed it and now it's too bad for them and it's over for them. Remember when God made a covenant, whenever he makes a covenant, he keeps it. Mm-hmm. And long after we forget that the covenant is in place or even think that it's still intact, God is remembering that covenant and he's carrying it out. So the covenant that God had that gave permission to bring Jesus into the world in the flesh came through who? Adam. Abraham. Or Abraham, sorry. Abraham. Abraham gave his only begotten son as a part of his covenant with Father God to, to, yes. to sacrifice his son. And when, while he did not kill him physically, his heart was to complete the task that God gave him. And God said, Stop, I've got a ram in the bush. That's fine. That exchange gave God an oppor- permission and opportunity to bring our Savior into the world through a natural means. And he came through the line of David, but David is in the line of Abraham, right? All the way yes. to Adam. Yes. So when we're looking at 
God's ability to bring salvation and his righteousness, we know that God does not violate his own laws. He doesn't violate any spiritual law, period. So the covenant that he has would come with the natural people of Israel, correct? Yes. Yes. Because Jesus was a Jew in the flesh, naturally. He came from the Jewish people. So in order to, for God to justly and righteously extend that opportunity of salvation to the rest of the world, there has to be an opportunity given into that covenant. And this, Paul is explaining that to us right here and going, wait, it's not what you think. They just are bad people and they missed it and God has cast them away. Absolutely not. Uh, verse 11, I say, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Fall would be the eternal separation from God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, certainly not. Certainly not. But through their fall, this momentary, this momentary and temporary part where their eyes are blinded, they don't see Jesus as Lord and Savior, is an opportunity for us to come in. Because read down at verse 15. For if their being cast away is a reconciling of the world, coming, everybody having a chance to come through this open door, running in as fast as they can to Jesus, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? The resurrection, that's the seal this up. That's what God is, how he's orchestrated and designed this because of his obligations to righteousness and his standard. When that happens, we're looking at an indicator that it's time to get out of here. God has fulfilled what he said and he designed. And when they come to the Lord, it's time to go. The door is, the opportunity is filled. Come in and be a part, you know, much like the Lord sealed the door on the ark. And now it's time to transition into the next phase. So while he's talking about this, he is also demonstrating and making known and declaring this is the will and the plan of God. Not that he's getting rid of them, not that their their failure is just because in the natural, you know, like naturally speaking, they stink and they're not worthy of anything. Absolutely not. God has a plan for them. And so don't miss the mark because you don't see the big picture. Yes, there's the micro that is, I get a chance for salvation. I get to come to the Lord and those things. But then there is the macro, which is, this is the whole plan of redemption from the spiritual community coming from all the way when the heavenlies were contaminated by Lucifer drawing away the angels all the way to the very end where the, the heavenly community is reunited with her people and Things are sealed up. There's never a lie going to enter in. The enemy's thrown into the lake of fire and people that have chosen to partake in that, which is not what God wants, but that was their choice. And then we enjoy an eternity forever together. And like you said, LaCharles, it's better when we're all there together going, hey, there's more, yay. All of the people of God being together, celebrating him. That's the fullness of what God wants. I see it as kind of Paul is trying to get us also to think about the other side of that coin, right? It's definitely not to demonstrate that somehow um, the, the, the Jewish people have been kicked out mm-hmm. and have no hope. But yet, if God was willing to include those who were never part of the original covenant made to Israel, because mm-hmm. ultimately we're always part of the covenant, <clears throat> and how much easier it is. For those to be restored. And that makes me think about the vine. You know, Jesus talks about he being the vine and we are the branches. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Paul talks about how if we, um, if we were being grafted in, mm-hmm. right, the wild vine, mm-hmm. 
to be careful how we hold that, you know, how easy we can be cut back off. But it's also how much easier is it to restore the original branch into the vine, mm -hmm. right? So it's that, that component is here. It's not meant to look at the negative side of it. It's Absolutely. meant to, to go, hey, God's got this, yeah. To kind and of bring that, can, because it is always yeah. about restoration, right? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it was interesting. I, I was looking in um, uh, verse 10, and it, it just kind of struck me, and um, it was talking about they would be bent over forever. And, and, and um, Paul was uh, referencing Psalm 69, uh, 22 mm -hmm. and 23 and we don't need to go there but just that's i mean it's, it's almost verbatim what he has here about Absolutely. it bringing over but um you know as we were reading that i was i was drawn to um think about luke 13 10 through 13 where jesus heals the woman who's bent over mm -hmm. and um how symbolic that is that i'd never caught that before that here is a woman that was bent over for years right but she was bent over by a spirit so it wasn't an infirmity mm -hmm. right it was <clears throat> in essence a curse and here where david was pronouncing or de or describing the curse that had befallen israel uh, because of their rejection yet here is jesus coming to restore that and redeem that and and bring that person back so here where paul talks about what it was and why it was is also a reminder of what christ has come to do to bring that back and um, so for me, I just want also wanted to share with our listeners. You know, um, we'd love for you to join us here. Um, Amen. Um, it's it's really fun. You're welcome to participate with us if you go to the uh, website today dot org. You can see ways that you can join us in person for these times. But I also want to encourage you. Um, you know, when you're listening to the podcast as opposed to uh, watching us, um, the uh, it's easy to interpret. I know for me in, in my life, I've listened to podcasts or I've listened to pastors and, and been amazed at their ability to recall scripture or recall sections of scripture um, multiple. John and Kamisha, both you guys are just amazing. We were joking in the break about you don't have enough fingers sometimes, John, to mark all the places that the Lord has given you to you know, really just show the fullness of his word in that. But, it's all um, the Lord. Yeah, that's not my gifting. So when I'm making references to sections, I've, I'm, I'm Googling them. I'm looking them up on my smartphone and using that. So however the Lord is leading you uh, to reveal to you is okay. Hopefully this ministry is um, blessing you in that. And um, as always, if it is, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love, to, we'd love, love, love to get your emails uh, to uh, encourage us, uh, to pray for us, to allow us to pray for you. Uh, to allow us to hear your feedback so that this can bless you and bless others. And, of course, if you, uh, if the Holy Spirit's leading you to give, um, you have options to do that as well at the, at the website, adayofprayer.org. And you can email us anytime you want at adayofprayer at yahoo.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, whatever it may be that's on your heart that you want to share, please do that. Thank you, brother. I love that you brought that up, um, a number of different things. First, that you went back to, to Psalm 69 um, and hear, heard uh, David's words there because in this, Paul's, we talked, or we brought it up yesterday, a number of different things. First, uh, I'll start with you, honey. Mm -hmm. um, let me organize my thoughts here real quick. Okay. You brought up about how um, Israel was not cut off, but. When they were even when they were dispersed, other people benefited. 
right? Other people were able to come to a recognition, a realization of who God is, even through their disbursement, right? Yes. The diaspora. Um, and, and we covered that a little bit yesterday with um, Haggai 2, verse 7, right? I'll shake the nations, they will come to, they shall come, excuse me, to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Let's also remember that what Paul's writing here, he's already addressed in chapter 4. So that's Romans chapter 4, which he covers both Abraham and David. For Abraham, he talks about how Abraham was justified by faith, which is how you... Uh, how the Gentiles attained, right? But yet the Jews have not yet attained, right? Yes. And then he says the same things about David. He came to the same place, the same truth. We have to live by faith, right? Yes. Okay. So he's already covered this. And like we were talking about yesterday, I love how the Lord does this. He addresses something and then brings it up multiple spots later so we can have a, a fullness of understanding, right? And then even with the, the falling away, if you will, right? That talks about in verse 11, that promise you and, and others here have brought up and discussed, right? Have they stumbled that they should fall? No, right? Because we've even talked about this. Look throughout the entirety of the Old Testament. Whether it was Egypt, they had the opportunity to come in in alignment, right? And actually... If you look, it was Joseph who, in his captivity, being sold into slavery, came and brought the word. That's how they, Israel, ended up in Egypt initially anyway, right? Yes. That's how they ended up. So they brought the word with them and were provided for in the land and eventually came into captivity. And, of course, we know the, the why and the how, but let's go back to, to Abraham real quick, right? How did Abraham, oh, I lost my place on one of them. How did Abraham come into his place? Faith. That's in Genesis 12. Right? The Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless those. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Right? So that's what yes. he initially says to them. But then, about the falling away, that was already prophesied long ago. Moses talks about it in Deuteronomy 32. And this is in what's known as the Song of Moses. Right? Uh, I'll read, I'll start in verse, so it's Deuteronomy 32, I'll start in verse 16. Okay. Um, well, I'll read part of the, the second part of verse 15. It says, Then he forsook God who made him and scornfully esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him, that's God, to jealousy with foreign gods. With abominations, they provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons, not to God. To gods they didn't know. To new gods, new arrivals that your fathers did not fear. Of the rock who begot you, you were unmindful and have forgotten the God who fathered you. And the, when the Lord sought, he spurned them because of the provocation of his sons and his daughters. And he said, 
I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end will be, for they are a perverse generation, children in whom is no faith. The exact thing that both Abraham and David came to that realization of recognition, this is how you enter in. This is how you access his grace and his favor and the blessing and the covenant. It's entering through faith. Much of Israel didn't understand or chose not to believe. But it has been for our good. That's not the only reason, right? Because we covered yesterday, Melchizedek didn't have an Israelite or a Jew or a Hebrew to teach him. But he was a king and priest of the Lord Most High. Right? Yes. Okay. And there are others. Who taught Job? Job was, according to the scholars, the first, first book written in the Bible. That's long before Moses. But yet he came to the same place. Had the same knowledge and understanding of the Lord. And we can too. So, it's not that the Lord wouldn't be fulfilled, but I'm, what I'm saying is you see this pattern throughout, that every time Israel, through rebelliousness, through separation from the Lord, not seeking and serving him fully, ends up going into captivity. The nations are blessed and benefited. Uh, I think, uh, if you will, some, some people today might call it cultural appropriation. And I'm just not talking about the culture and the customs, right? But they're learning about the Lord because in the captivity, there is a stirring up on the inside and a return that you see throughout Scripture. It always ends up happening every time in captivity. And then the Lord returns them to their place, the place that he gave them to begin with, that he pro proportioned and presented to them in the covenant, that he purposed for them to be in, the land and the people. Yes? Yes. So, but all the other nations are able to learn and observe and grow as a result. Right? What did Jesus say to the people? These are the Pharisees. They're not living it out. But listen to what they say. Right? Yes. yes. Why? Because it's still the word of God. It doesn't come back void. But we, for our part, whether it's Jew or Gentile must come in through faith, must believe what the Lord has said, and He is faithful, and He will bring it to pass. So I just want to encourage everyone today to understand, and I want to encourage you to know God and to enter in through faith. It's not through works. Clearly, this is what Paul is saying. Works, works don't get you in. It's through faith. And that's what all the prophets said in the Old Testament. And it's still what the Lord is saying today. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's pause there for today. So can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. 
Lord, we just thank you for your mercy and your grace, Lord, and the measure of faith that you've given to each and every one of us, Lord, for the gateway that you have provided, that all who call in the name of the Lord will be saved, God. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit that guides us along that journey, Lord, from the day we're born to the day that we breathe our last, Lord, and join together with you again, Lord, to be in that perfect communion. We thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord, and the blessings that you have poured out on them, Lord. And we ask that you will continue to watch over them, God, and give them favor in their schools, Lord, in their workplaces, or wherever it is that you have sent them, God, and give them confidence to continue in your name, Lord. And I just thank you for those things. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus' name, amen. 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 We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.